kill, inherent in all human beings, has been preserved in unexampled strength and vigour, he wrote. That religion, which above all others was founded and propagated by the sword, the tenets and principles of which are instinct with incentives to slaughter, and which in three continents has produced fighting breeds of men, stimulates a wild and merciless fanaticism. The strain of a tour is enormous, reflected in the number of soldiers diagnosed with mental disorders. But the burden also lies heavy on the folk they leave behind. For those with families, Afghan duty means being absent from hearth and home, not just for the six months of the deployment, but also for lengthy pre-operational training exercises. By the end of 2010, some members of Three Para will have done three Afghan stints in five years. It is, as the soldiers say, a big ask. It is not as if they're going to fight in a popular cause. British public opinion remains resolutely sceptical about the value of the campaign. Most people seem unwilling to accept the government's assertion that by fighting in Afghanistan we are defending the home front against a threat as great as that posed by the Nazis. The scepticism shows no sign of eroding. Progress, military and political, is deemed to be non-existent or far too slow to merit the cost in blood, money and effort. At the same time, the public are full of admiration for the soldiers. The standing of the services in civilian eyes is probably higher than at any time since the Second World War. It is not difficult to see why. Their culture of stoicism and comradeship are points of light in a world of blighted materialism and egocentricity. They remind us, perhaps, of the way we like to think we once were. The soldiers are pleased to be appreciated. But they, who pay the price of Britain's policy, do not share the civilians' pessimism. From what I have heard and seen, there is no significant reluctance to serve in Afghanistan, and, if necessary, to do so again and again. "'Are we prepared to do it?' asked three paras, former regimental sergeant major John Hardy. "'Yes, we are. Every time.' The soldiers are driven back by a number of impulses. One is professional satisfaction. Almost every soldier in a volunteer army welcomes the prospect of action. Another is their sense of duty, which has stood up well to the climate of self-interest prevalent in civilian life. But there is more to it than that. Soldiers have a refreshingly clear-cut sense of right and wrong. They sympathise with the Afghan people caught between the cruelty of the insurgents and the venality of the authorities, and want to help them. The job is tough and dangerous and brimming with frustrations and disillusionment, but the prizes of safety at home and a better Afghanistan are considered, if they can be won, to be worth it. The soldier's enthusiasm, though, is finite. A military stalemate will eventually lower morale and degrade performance. If there are no signs that the Afghan government is serious about governing, that process will accelerate. The phrase, ground truth, is a military expression, meaning how things are compared with how they are imagined to be. Soldiers know the ground truth better than anyone, 
Yet it seems to me their voices have not been given the attention they deserve. They have some extraordinary tales to tell. This book reveals some of their stories, as well as their thoughts, fears, and anxieties about a conflict that, for good or bad, is shaping both them and us. Chapter 1 Going Back he had imagined this moment often during the last two years. Now, after an hour-long climb along a rocky, sun-baked ridgeline, it had arrived. Corporal Stuart Hale shielded his eyes from the mid-morning glare and looked down at the corrugated hillside. The slope was the colour of khaki, bare apart from a scattering of rocks. It was just like a thousand others that undulated across Helmond. There was nothing to show... But it was here that his life...